Hello friends and welcome to the Legacy Homeschool Reflections podcast, where we discuss topics pertaining to homeschooling, being women of the word, and living in light of eternity. So whether you are single, married, or whatever your season of life, I pray you will find hope in Christ and encouragement from His word. I'm your host, Ruth Adams, and I'm so glad you are here. Ladies, I wonder how you all are doing this January 2022. I hope that you are doing well. And on this episode of the podcast, I would like to just kind of do a little of this and a little of that, sharing some thoughts and giving you a sort of a catch up on some of the happenings on our farm recently. And to start with, I would just like to invite you If you are anywhere in the Texas area or nearby or traveling to Texas and in March, actually March 31st through April 2nd, I will be speaking at the Round Rock, Texas Teach Them Diligently event. I was there last year and enjoyed so much catching up with old friends and meeting new friends and I'm excited to be there again this year. So I wanted to throw that out there and say if you are planning to be there at the Teach Them Diligently convention in Round Rock, Texas, or if that is something that you would be interested in maybe thinking about, I would love to connect with you there. Okay, well, um, moving on, I was having my circle time with my children recently, and we were going over the passage Psalm 115, verses 2 through 7, and it's addressing the issue of idols. It says, Why should the nations say, Where now is their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. They have feet, but they cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throat. That is the reality of an idol. It's a statue or a form or something that we put in the place of God in our lives. But those idols are absolutely futile. They are not able to help us. They are not able to meet the needs in our lives. And we are so good at making idols. Um, someone said that the human heart is a perpetual idol factory because we are trying to make one thing or another an idol Or maybe we're not trying, but it's so easy to put our affections on things that will not satisfy. They may be screaming at us and seem like they will satisfy if we can only attain those things. And yet time and time again, we fall on our faces and realize this thing cannot satisfy. This thing cannot meet the deepest needs in my heart. Only God can do that. 
And so my children and I were just talking about God and who he is and how he's sovereign over us and how we need to guard against um, idols in our hearts and lives and how we need to understand who God is and that he is truly sovereign over us in all things. And that fact can be a comfort to us um, to know that he is sovereign and that he has the number of our days planned and that he knows the course of our lives from beginning to end. He knows what he has planned for us. And if we will seek him and we will yield and surrender to him, he wants to guide us through this earthly journey. We don't have to try to find our way and stumble our way through this journey because the Lord wants to guide us lovingly, gently, kindly guide us like a good shepherd. And so those were just some thoughts that we were having. And I thought, well, that might be something encouraging to share on the podcast. It's just, it's so easy to put ourselves and our own will or things that look attractive to us and, you know, material things and accomplishments or you name it, and it can become an idol. In fact, many good things can become an idol. Even our families can become an idol. Our marriage can become an idol. Our ministry can become an idol if our focus is on that instead of treasuring Christ. And recently we've had some sermons at our church talking about are we pursuing Christ for that relationship with him, to love him? Are we pursuing him to know him and love him and worship him? Are we just pursuing religion? Are we just pursuing what he can do for us? Or do we truly want to pursue knowing our Lord and Savior? Are we treasuring him above all else in our hearts, above accomplishments, above materialism, above our families, above our homeschooling? Are we treasuring Christ? So that is my prayer. I pray that this year I will truly treasure Christ more that our family will love him more. Because, you know, obedience to the Lord and following him comes from love. If we love him, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And so I pray that as a family, we will love Christ and that we will treasure him above everything else. So I hope that little bit from our discussion in our circle time is an encouragement to you. I'd like to transition now and give you an update on some things happening around the farm. I just like from time to time to share with you what is happening on our farm. We have been so excited that our goats gave birth about eight weeks ago. One goat gave birth to two babies and the other one gave birth to three and we are now milking the goats and it is just such an incredible thing to go out there and to be able to bring in fresh goat's milk 
that is free to us from our goats and has health benefits and I'm not a milk drinker myself so I haven't even tasted the goat's milk but the rest of my family has and we are using it for baking and I just think it's so neat this is part of the vision that we have had for this farm that we would be able to be producers and moving in a more self-sufficient direction and so it's so fun to go and to collect eggs and to see God's provision there or to bring in the milk and to see his provision and the way he has made things to produce and to provide and you know it's just been in more recent times in history that people have become so dependent upon the grocery stores it used to this was very normal for people to produce food off of their own land and I think there is a beauty in it in seeing just um, the cycles of life and how God provides and the um, blessing of hard work and um, we actually are not uh, moving on to the chickens now we are not bringing in eggs because our hens are not yet producing eggs. We had a very difficult time over this, the course of this past year trying to raise baby chicks and keep them alive. And we did lose quite a few to, I don't know, raccoons, bobcats. I'm not sure what was getting them. But that is why we... Um, ended up getting a livestock guardian dog that I'm going to talk about in just a minute. But back to the chickens, we are waiting on them and it seems like the full-grown hens that we have now should be starting to lay eggs anytime. And I don't know, it could be just because it's winter that they are taking their time to start laying eggs. I'm not sure, but we are really looking forward to being able to collect our eggs again off of the farm and we certainly are enjoying um, the milking of the goats and bringing in farm fresh milk and not having to buy so much milk at the grocery store and moving on now to talking about our new puppy we got a great Pyrenees Marima mix we have had great Pyrenees in the past so Two houses ago, we were living on a 14-acre farm, and we had a great Pyrenees. Well, sadly, her name was Rosebud. Sadly, Rosebud got hit by a car on the farm road in front of our house. We had a lot of traffic that, uh, you know, drove by all the time. And Rosebud got out of the fence and got hit. And so then we got another great Pyrenees named Junebug. And when we sold that farm, we decided to leave Junebug because it was her home and she was happy there. And we knew that the people who bought the farm would benefit from her. And we were moving to five acres and we didn't think that we need a, needed, you know, a really big guardian dog like um, Junebug on the five acres. And so we left her. Well, then we ended up moving very quickly again um, to the 20 acres that we bought a year ago and so we have needed a 
guardian dog, but we were just trying to find, you know, what kind of dog do we want to get and where and when can we find one. And we ended up, someone, a friend of mine told me about these people that sell Great Pyrenees Marima mixes. And so, and so we ended up getting on a waiting list for our puppy and we were notified when she was born and then they kept her on their farm for about 12 weeks and let her kind of be trained by going around the farm with her mama and being exposed to different farm animals and so we got her I think it was in December and we named her Snowbell and we are so happy with her so far she seems a lot more trainable and a lot calmer than the Great Pyrenees dogs that we had in the past. Um, our Great Pyrenees in the past, we were never able to really train their behavior. And because they're big dogs, if they are running at you, they can almost knock you down or knock you down. Certainly knock a child down. Um, they... To me, when they would get hyper and run around and kind of charge at you, I, I felt like a small horse was running my way, and I didn't like that at all. So I wasn't sure if I wanted another Great Pyrenees. And then we heard about the Great Pyrenees Marima dogs, and I don't know, it may be because she was sort of on a um, professional running farm, for 12 weeks and her mama kind of trained her and the people that had her worked with her I'm not sure or is it just that she has a milder gentler personality but she will sit and so we are always trying to make her sit before we will pet her or sit before we will feed her and she has just been so sweet now she is a puppy we have caught her chewing on shoes or other things and at times she gets pretty hyper and um, you can tell she's just I guess trying to control herself but um, most of the time she is doing really well on her behavior and we are really shocked and she seems sweet too like she's not um She's not trying to hog all of the food from our other pets, and she's not fighting with them over food. Now, she is doing her job, and she is barking, and she is keeping the possums off of our porch and carport, which I am so happy about because before we got her, the possums would come right up on the porch. I went in the kitchen one night, and there was a possum staring at me through the glass door. And I mean, just standing right up next to the glass and looking in at me. And now our Snowbell is barking and keeping the possums off. So we're super happy with her. I also wanted to talk about my new grain mill. For Christmas, my husband gave me a Nutrimill grain mill. And I'm so excited. I never thought I would be interested in milling grain. But I think somehow once you start getting into this whole world of gardening and canning and fermenting food and 
milking goats and all these things, somehow milling your grain kind of fits into this world. And I started reading about the nutritional benefits of milling your own grain. And it certainly is cheaper. And I just sort of thought I might be interested. And so I got a Nutri-Mill grain for Christmas and we have used it a few times and it seems pretty doable and I'm really excited about it. I have never been one for making loaves of bread very often or too many like things like biscuits or rolls from scratch or pie crust from you know scratch but I really want to develop those skills. My daughter, my oldest daughter, has been our bread maker in the past. She's very good at baking bread and making it from scratch and even making it beautiful and braiding it and all of these things. But I never really developed those skills. And so I need to work on bread making. And I'm excited and hoping that I can learn more about that this year. Um, I want to talk about our canned goods. I It's such a fun thing to talk about canning. I really do enjoy it and I so appreciate the benefits that come after all of the hard work when we have food preserved on our shelves that we can easily grab and pop a lid and have something prepared in no time. It is a lot of work on the front side of it, but I found the benefits are huge. And I do enjoy the time canning either with friends or family. And I just love seeing all of the jars lined up in the pantry. It's such a rewarding feeling. I would say that we tend to go for the canned fruit more than anything else. Our canned peaches that we like to can in Ohio. Those are the baby gold peaches and we can them with an Amish friend there in Ohio and just have great memories of spending time canning peaches with my daughters and with our friend. And then um, we also went to an orchard when we were in Ohio back in September and we bought two bushels of apples and we made applesauce and brought applesauce back to Texas and then we also did some pears and we found out that we really like canned pears and so we oftentimes will have a jar of fruit with lunch or dinner and it makes such a nice easy side. It's really very fun to have all of that during the winter when we don't have as much like um, fresh peaches and all are just not as abundant and so we enjoy it and we also um, have a lot of canned carrots that we did several months back and I wasn't just a huge fan of the carrots until this last weekend I tried preparing them in a different way and what I did is I just drained all of the juice off of them and put them in a pie dish a Pyrex pie plate and sprinkled salt and pepper and melted butter and drizzled maple syrup over them and baked it in the oven and that was a game changer. They were so delicious. So we really are enjoying the canned goods. I did can more this last year than any other year 
ever before. Our garden produced more. I canned a ton of pickled okra. My husband loves that, and my youngest daughter likes to eat it as well. And uh, lots of other things. We canned some tomatoes. We canned salsa. We canned potatoes. And I got more into pressure canning this uh, last year in 2021. And so it was a good year for canning. And I hope that 2022 will be a year of even more canning. And so... I just wanted to kind of wrap this up with a very encouraging quote that I found by Jenny Orkland, and it addresses just the gift, the privilege, the responsibility of being a homemaker. And she said, I believe that a godly home is a foretaste of heaven. Our homes, imperfect as they are, must be a haven from the chaos outside. They should be a reflection of our eternal home where troubled souls find peace, weary hearts find rest, hungry bodies find refreshment, lonely pilgrims find communion, and wounded spirits find compassion. That was Jenny Ortland. And I love that quote because the world does not value homemaking. It doesn't value caring for our homes and our husbands and our children and our guests. And yet, in the sight of God, caring for these things is of great value. And it's a privilege that we get to serve Him by serving those that we love and to seek to prayerfully make our homes a haven. You know, this world around us is a broken world, and there's a lot of pain out there. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of confusion and chaos. And to be able to create a haven for our families to come or for guests to come and to find refreshment, to find compassion, I appreciate you tuning into this episode. And if you have been encouraged by what you have heard, would you consider leaving a review or a star rating for the podcast? Those reviews and ratings go so far in helping other ladies to find the podcast. Also, for more encouragement, I invite you to check out my website, LegacyHomeschoolReflections.com. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, and I will look forward to talking with you next time. Goodbye for now.